Hello, and welcome to the third episode of The Sycamore Tree, where we come to hear personal perspectives of scripture using selections from the weekly lectionary. I'm your host, Reverend Katie Collins, and today we will be reading scripture with Mary Holmland. Wow. And Kendra Jones. Hi. Thank you so much for joining us. And before we get into today's text, we will play a little game I like to call Show Me Your Roots, where each of us answers a series of short answer questions to reveal a little about ourselves and what influences our interpretation of scripture. All right, Mary, uh, we have chosen you to go first. Are you ready? Ready. <laughs> Are you a dog person or a cat person? I am a dog person and his name is Jake. <laughs> <laughs> What was your favorite subject in school? Band, of course. Band, awesome. Did you ever have a pen pal? When I was in elementary school, we did it as a school project. Uh -huh. And did you did you ever keep in, in touch with them? Or? I did not. What about trivia games or strategy games or neither? I play bridge, the card game, and that is trivia and strategy both. Oh, okay. What's the trivia part about it? I guess because you were counting? I think because so many people think that bridge is trivial today. Oh, <laughs> very nice. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you, Mary, for making this fun. All right, Kendra, uh, questions for you. Uh, are you a dog person or a cat person? I am definitely a dog person. I have always had a dog and uh, probably like dogs better than people. <laughs> <laughs> what was your favorite subject in school? Well, I really enjoyed all of school, but I especially enjoyed English. I even enjoyed diagramming sentences, which I don't think they probably do anymore. <laughs> I learned it in school. In fact, I do it uh, sometimes when I'm studying the scripture, so. <laughs> I don't think I remember how to do it, but I remember thinking it was fun. <laughs> did you ever have a pen pal? I did. Uh, in, I believe, fifth or sixth grade, in English class, one of our assignments, we were to write to somebody in another state, anywhere. And I picked Maine for no apparent reason. And my pen pal lived in Old Orchard Beach, Maine, and her name was Paula. And we wrote back and forth for a couple of years. Uh, and then after that, I lost track. But I've always wanted to go visit Old Orchard Beach, Maine, because it just sounded like a lovely place. Trivia games or strategy games or neither? Well, if I am forced to play any kind of a game, <laughs> I would choose trivia. But I prefer neither. <laughs> so here I am. <laughs> and Pastor Katie, are you a dog person or a cat person? I am a dog person. I love cats, but they don't like me very much. And I think that's why I love my dachshund, um, because she is cat-like. You know, she's kind of got a long body. Um, and she likes to cuddle up in my lap. But cats never seem to do what I want them to do, so uh, so I'm a dog person. Okay, well answered. What was your favorite subject in school? I really liked math, 
And I think as I got older, I liked English as well. But I was really one of those nerds that love school every bit, bit of it. But ma- I think probably math was my favorite subject. Besides band, I guess flute itself was my favorite thing. But if I was going to say favorite class, probably math. Okay. And did you ever have a pen pal? So when I was in fourth grade, I think it was, we were given some pen pals with um, some of the armed forces that were in the Gulf War. And I remember it very vividly writing and um, asking questions about, like, if he was afraid of this um, Marine that I was writing back and forth. And uh, I thought, well, are even Marines afraid? And he wrote back that, um, that yes, even, even Marines get afraid, but we uh, trust each other or something of the sort. But I just remember this, it being so cool to write to someone um, that I didn't know just and learn about their life. Um, but I, I wonder too, if kids do that nowadays, and it, it's funny because we we don't have to get assigned a pen pal. We just talk with people through Facebook or find people in chat rooms or on a different websites and different Facebook groups. So it's it's kind of a moot thing now, I suppose. Well, it's just it's just a different different version. It's yes. a yeah, it's a different version. I think that it's still the same kind of relationship with your friend from Maine. When uh, I write back and forth with some of the kids in the Czech Republic that I. No, so. Uh, so, but before we start into our study, have either of you seen a sycamore tree? I like to ask this question of our guests: that if you're familiar with a sycamore tree, if you've ever seen one. Well, I've got to say that I'm sure I have seen one, but I don't know that I would recognize it. But I do know that Zacchaeus climbed up in a sycamore tree so he could see Jesus as he walked by. <laughs> yes. And I will say that, I, yes, I've seen a sycamore tree. I have one growing in my front yard, and they have round seed pods that fall off of them uh, in the fall. Uh huh. And uh, are all over your lawn then. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't pick them up. <laughs> Let us begin with prayer. Holy Spirit. We are thankful that you call us together uh, with the spirit of laughter, with the spirit of joy, and spirit of knowledge, and spirit of foolishness. Lord, we thank you for uh, speaking to us through words, and we pray that you would open our ears to hear your word for us today. In your name we pray. Amen. Here at the Sycamore Tree, we have a practice of reading the scriptures in Lectio Divina. This is a monastic practice of reading the scripture and listening for God as the Holy Word speaking to us through these common words. We will each read the text for today from our own Bibles, and then the listeners will respond. First, we will share only one word at a time, then whole phrases, And finally, we will connect and interpret the scripture for our lives. I will be reading from the Common English Bible, and this is 1 Corinthians 1, verse 18 through 24. The message of the cross is foolishness to those who are being destroyed, but it is the power of God for those of us who are being saved. 
it is written in scripture. I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and I will reject the intelligence of the intelligent. Where are the wise? Where are the legal experts? Where are today's debaters? Hasn't God made the wisdom of the world foolish? In God's wisdom, he determined that the world wouldn't come to know him through its wisdom. Instead, God was pleased to save those who believe through the Christ crucified, which is a scandal to Jews and foolishness to Gentiles. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ is God's power and God's wisdom. Now we will share words that glisten or seem to leap out at us. Wisdom. Foolishness. Debaters. Experts. Discernment. Scandal. Intelligence. Truth. Signs. Message. Destroy. Believe. Perishing. Reject. Signs. Save. This next time, as we listen to the scripture, we will listen for whole phrases that hold meaning or startle you. Mary, will you read for us? I will. And I'll be reading from the Harper Collins Study Bible in our SB. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 18 through 24. For the message about the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and the discernment of the discerning I will thwart. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom, God decided through the foolishness of our proclamation to save those who believe. For Jews demand signs, and Greeks desire wisdom. But we proclaim Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews, and foolishness to the Gentiles. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greek, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. The message of the cross. Foolishness to those who are perishing. We preach Christ crucified. Discernment of the discerning. Wisdom of the wise. Wisdom of the world foolish. Jews demand signs. Stumbling block. Those who are called. Power of God. As we read the scripture for the third time, we will listen for a question that we would like to discuss. 
and I'll be reading from the message our friend Eugene Peterson, fellow Presbyterian. Again, <laughs> again from 1 Corinthians, chapter 1, verses 18 through, I'll probably read through 25 because it's linked together in the message. The message that points to Christ on the cross seems like sheer silliness to those hell-bent on destruction, but for those on the way of salvation, it makes perfect sense. This is the way God works, and most powerfully as it turns out. It's written, I'll turn conventional wisdom on its head. I'll expose so-called experts as crackpots. So where can you find someone truly wise, truly educated, truly intelligent in this day and age? Has God, hasn't God exposed it all as pretentious nonsense? Since the world, in all its fancy wisdom, never had a clue when it came to knowing God, God, in his wisdom, took delight in using what the world considered dumb, preaching, of all things, <laughs> to bring those who trust him into the way of salvation. While Jews clamor for miraculous demonstrations and Greeks go in for philosophical wisdom, we go right on proclaiming Christ, the crucified. Jews treat this like an anti-miracle, and Greeks pass it off as absurd. But to us who are personally called by God himself, both Jews and Greeks, Christ is God's ultimate miracle and wisdom, all wrapped up in one. Human wisdom is so tiny, so impotent, next to the seeming absurdity of God. Human strength can't begin to compete with God's weakness. I think this patch is kind of funny because it's talking about how foolish wisdom is, and it's actually quite confusing. I think that the words kind of are nice and confusing all at the same time. <laughs> it is confusing. <laughs> and I just wonder whether we as Christians today are told, don't try to think it through, just accept it. Because our worldly wisdom and our intellect often get us into trouble. But the flip side of that, I think, is throughout our lives, I think most of us are constantly questioning and looking and hearing perhaps different things at different times. I know that what this says to me at this point in my life is definitely different than something I would have thought many years ago. And some of this is troubling to me. <laughs> and it is hard to, in our world, to discern the, you know, are we listening to false prophets? Are we, you know, I think Christ lives within our inner being of each and every one of us in this world, whether we profess ourselves to be Christian or not, and that if we, you know, for those of us that proclaim Christianity, I think we, we have an ear and we listen uh, and we recognize. But I think even those that 
maybe aren't Christians or, or don't profess any kind of religion, I think Christ still lives within that. And, and maybe they just don't recognize it or want to hear or see. And I would just say that what I have is my own testimony. And I may not be able to prove it to someone who is a non-believer, but that doesn't mean that it's not true for me. Mm-hmm. I have tried to be intellectual and just to go on good deeds alone, and it did not work for me. I finally had to acknowledge there was a power that was greater than me and any good deed I could ever do, and I needed to surrender my will to that higher power. And I believe today that Jesus Christ is that higher power. And the message that he proclaimed is the message that lives in my heart and that's true for me. I feel like for me, it I guess it doesn't say the word failure in, in this section, but when I think about the foolishness and the weakness, it's definitely there for me that the world would say, well, you should be successful, and failure is horrible, but I feel like we are okay with failure in the church, that we see, yes, okay, we failed, but we can get up and try again. Maybe it seems foolish to love this person or love that person, or maybe it seems foolish to listen to our hearts, but we don't seem to talk about the cross as much in the church. Uh, But here he's talking about the message of the cross, and Eugene Peterson kind of um, simplified it to be about preaching in general. Um, But what, what do you think the message of the cross? I think that the message of the cross is love. And to me, the message that Christ preached before the cross was love. And the message that we need to preach today is love. And I think that God so loved the world that he gave us Jesus. And he gave us Jesus who was willing to say when he was on the cross, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. Now, this is counterintuitive, if anything mm-hmm. ever was. Mm-hmm. And, and I think sometimes love the most extreme degree, which is Jesus to me, uh, is not the thing that we would expect or that we think would be the smart thing to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, why not hide and live? And after Jesus died, after he was raised again, love won. And I believe love always wins. Amen. I agree. And I would add another word to your love, and that would be grace. Amen to that. (laughs) I think those can be good words for us in this next year. When I heard the word debaters, it's been ringing in my ears because I haven't even been able to pull myself to watch any of the Democratic debates because there are so many candidates and Honestly, I'm nervous about this next presidential race because everyone was so mean to each other last time and there was so much hate and so much anger 
maybe it seems foolish, but maybe if we hold this love in front of us, that's the way we can survive it and still come out hopeful. Well, for me, it's just flat out fear. Mm -hmm. I, I have fear for my country. Well, and what, what's happened in, in the news the last week, we see where fear-mongering can lead and the result of that. And if there's any hope to be had, which I do have hope, but I have seen and, and heard several commentaries on television of, of, you know, we have to end this atmosphere of hate and turning people that don't look like us, that don't perhaps pray like us, who call their God by a different name, whose skin color is different than us, someone who comes from a different country, that they are other and they are to be feared. And that is in direct conflict of Christ and the cross. So our hope has to be in, in your love, Mary. We're recording this uh, at the beginning of August. I think you're referring to the shootings in El Paso and in Dayton, Ohio. And Gilroy. And Gilroy. Yeah, there's three in a week's time. And this episode won't be published till much later, but I unfortunately wonder if there will still be another shooting that, or there will be other events that still reflect this fear. Yeah, I think the only way we can fight with fear is with love. I heard someone say once that the opposite of fear is not the lack of fear, but love. Well, and, and it's so cliche now, but if you have an opportunity to break bread, if you will, uh, and come to the table in, in the most symbolic of what of ways, with someone that is different than you, or perhaps someone that you fear, you know, it changes, it changes you, you know, you, you come to know that there is, there's nothing to fear, there's nothing to fear, and uh, I think we collectively as a church, as a community, you know, you combat that by opening your arms and opening your, your doors and being inclusive. Talking to people, getting to know their names, hearing about their lives, and we find out, oh, we are the same. Yeah, yeah. a name and a face. With, yeah. Mm -hmm. And we are all in this together. So we might as well love each other, huh? And it is great foolishness. It is great foolishness of this world that pits us one against the other. I think that is a voice that we need to reject. Well, Kendra and Mary, thank you so much for joining me today. It was fun reading scripture with you, fun getting to know you better. And um, I hope that you, our listeners, also had uh, some insights with the scripture today and enjoyed meeting with us, listening for the word 
today together. And so thanks for coming to our house today. And we'll see you next time at the Sycamore Tree. Or catch us on Sundays at St. Luke Presbyterian Church in Amarillo, Texas.